Hi, I'm John Kelly and welcome to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Growing up in the countryside meant that Emma Jane Leeson and her siblings spent most of their childhood exploring the outdoors and natural environment around them. Each night, Emma Jane's father would tell a story about Johnny McGorry, usually derived from the adventures herself and her siblings had gotten up to that day. Many years later, she began jotting down her father's stories. Emma Jane left her full-time job to pursue Johnny McGorry as a business and the book series is now becoming a brand for all things children, outdoors and exploring Irish heritage and culture. The Johnny McGorry series, how did that come about? Well, my dad told me stories about Johnny McGorry when I was very small. So myself, my whole family, basically. So it was mammy's job every night to read a book and then daddy's job to come in and tell a story about Johnny McGorry. And if we were bold, it would be, when I begin it, that's all that's in it. But on more occasions, he'd actually just go on and weave in these brilliant stories that we all 100% believe to be true. And, you know, like basically just brought in so much animals and outdoors and just lovely stuff into it so when I had my daughter then um, a couple of years later I wrote down some for her and then left them in a box for 12 years until it was coming up to my 30th and mum said we did not do something so I self-published Because that's the thing I mean uh, I knew you grew up in the countryside and you and your siblings spent most of your childhood exploring the outdoors and natural environment around you and and your dad as a natural storyteller did he, was he never tempted to write these down or did he just make these up in his head as well or well, how did that come about? Yeah no he just made he is he is a storyteller by the way he's like would spin a tale like out of nothing and like he just have all the kids now like our own kids like they're just mesmerised because like he's liable to tell them anything when he goes up there <laughs> but no he's he's a builder by trade uh, no interest in writing them down but like when I suppose when I wrote them down I didn't realise that so many other people in the country knew this story about Johnny McGorry I genuinely thought he had just made it up so there you go. He's taking full credit for it. And, and like, we're, I mean, I mean, are all of these stories his stories that he would have come up with, or did you kind of, kind of take the kind of riff on the style and say, look, I'll add in some of mine? How, how did that organic process come about? Yeah. So I suppose. Yeah, so the, the first book that I self-published is like in the magical wild, basically, John McGorry in the magical wild. And that's just the case. He goes down the bog hole and then he goes out to like this forest lake and he has a party with all the animals. So like it's inspired by the lake we live beside here in Banlafa. You know, like, and then when I got that one out, then I was totally bitten by the bug. So I went on then and I did another one about him basically running off. He's meant to be putting turf in the bog and he runs off and has a game of rounders with all the animals and stuff. So, so I suppose... It, like it's in the style that he used to tell them so like he was always a bit of a gurry or an up to the implement or whatever but he all daddy just always kind of wove in this natural like what we were doing basically like the simplest of stuff into the story so so yeah so like there, maybe not specifically his stories but there's so many of them I, I can't remember which was his and which aren't <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the actual natural environment is, is also a star of the show in a lot of ways did you do, are you intentionally imbuing a message for you know climate change and, and pay respect for your environment or or is it the case that this is just the world that Johnny McGorry was created around um, but but is there, is there an underlying message around conservatism or so, conservation sorry and you know respect for our world yeah no definitely so I, I think like when when it kind of moved from like just being a a story that I'd scribble down to actually, okay, well, actually, I want to make a book or whatever. I was really then conscious. I we I just love the outdoors. I love everything about it. I love where we live and everything is beautiful. Like so, so I suppose I kind of from the outset had said, well, if I'm going to write this book, um, you know, well, actually, not from the outset. Sorry, the first book was literally intended for friends and family. <laughs> but then after that point, when I kind of kept rolling with it, it was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I really want to give children an invitation or some sort of inspiration, even 
to go outside and explore this natural world and learn about it. So, so yeah, so like my second book though is about the bogs and it is about putting turf in the bogs, but it's something like, you know, that's, that's my childhood. And that is something I've been asked about a hundred times going, do you support it? And they're like, no, absolutely not at this point. Like, you know, kind of thing, like I see the bigger picture now, but it was the childhood thing is what it was, but, mm. but everything now is just to basically, it's to get children interested. So it's like all of our nature trees, all of our nature wildlife, you know, kind of, fun things to do outdoors and it's just in a language that they'll understand but then also not treating them like naked poops like you know like that they need to know the proper words and everything behind this and how it goes into it so so yeah there is a message definitely yeah because one of the things I noticed when the lockdown began nature was kind to us at least for the first month or two the weather was lovely and and I, and I looked out the window and all I could see was like lots of families walking together which I hadn't seen a lot of before usually it's just kids or mams, mothers and dads individually collecting their kids so we were seeing whole families out exploring and walking and you still do I mean people are just keen to get out from the four walls around them in the house and stuff like that but is there a sense though that like the childhood you and I might have enjoyed where we're probably out in the morning from nine in the morning till ten at night and then calling for our dinner or whatever you know to the world today where you know there was a concern that kids were probably spending much time on the game consoles on the internet on their smartphones that they're often too busy looking at a screen and not seeing the world around them is there a sense that you're trying to preserve that world around them that they'll they, they you know it's like too many times life is what happens when you're busy doing something else and if you're too busy looking at a screen maybe you're missing the beautiful world around you yeah and that was always I suppose from the get-go it is it's like I wrote them in a way that basically hopefully it would encourage a child to actually put down the screen and get outside but just that piece that you're after saying about the pandemic and how like families are back outside and exploring and all this kind of stuff it's honestly it's the best thing that come from it as crap as the last year has been it's been brilliant like I have not gone to one party in like jump zone or in one of those indoor bouncy places like you know that kind of way like so say in the summer when it had opened last year like the parties was we were meeting in the local park and Mm. there was only a handful of kids but they were just just told to run off and go climb trees or jump in potholes or whatever they were doing you know like and now it's just that thankfully seems to be like the kids that's what like gets the kids happy now you know that kind of way like it's like they've nearly forgotten this all and like nothing to like the industries whatever that are built around like in fairness we live in Ireland so there is absolutely a need for indoor entertainment at a point yeah. but mm. but yeah but I, I think there's been such a shift there now like it's like a novelty nearly for kids now like you know it's like oh yes we're going right come on out the interesting thing about you guys is it isn't just or you 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 particularly it isn't just that you wrote a, a book and created a series but you've kind of built a business around it like a lot of people just uh, I mean yeah if you look at say the likes of uh, J.K. Rowling and the whole uh, Harry Potter thing that, that that that's not just a business that's an industry you know but the when you create a character and you get a book published I mean tell me about how hard it was first or was it hard to get a book published written and then published in the first place but then realising that it's not just about publishing a book but it's also building you know a world around it and, and activities and, and, and a bit of a business around it that you are really managing a brand yeah so all right so this is the one thing I think that really separates me from like others I am totally self-published I am still 110% self-published and I've never been any other way with Johnny McGorry so so basically so that entails basically me paying for a professional editor paying for my illustrations paying for the print run paying for the marketing and putting in all the hard work behind it basically to get out there but definitely when I was leaving say Kerry Group so I have been in the corporate world for donkey's years hmm. but when it came to actually making the jump and leaving to do this full time I left under the premise that okay I'm not going to be an author you know that kind of way like like 
like the books, obviously I write whatever, but it was more so I'm doing this to actually set up a business and grow a brand. So yeah. there was always that bigger vision behind it. And I suppose it was there then, say, when I was approaching my local enterprise office and everything, because they were like, oh, books, that kind of falls underneath the Arts Council or whatever. And I'm just like, no, no, it's a, it's a business. Like my bigger goal is an animation series. It's a global business as well. It's not just a... It's, oh, it's a book. It's not, and the book is, the books are brilliant. Obviously, I love writing the books, but they are the experience. It's not just you read a book and that's fine. It's the bigger, I suppose, thing that I've always had in my head to, to do with this business. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, like, I think today, and there's, a, there's an important message in there, like, we're seeing industries that we grew up in and loved, like music and others destroyed by, you know, either the changes that technology's brought with it or the situation, like, if you're a musician, you can't obviously perform anywhere these days, so making money is going to be hard. But it seems to offer a route to, if you don't, like, let's just say the analogy of a musician, they used to wait to hopefully get signed by a label and someone else do all the big, the, 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 busy, the business stuff and you can carry on being a musician. But the reality is, I think people who, whether it's a musician or a writer, they need to take more control over their brand and actually operate like a business. It isn't the case of, uh, you know, a lot of these people probably don't realise that they have to think like a business. But if you really want to flourish, you have to think like a business. I, I really I do I like really agree with that especially say with musicians and all that kind of stuff it's but I mean you see people now like this whole thing of getting signed nearly it's like no you can be a TikTok sensation or whatever it is overnight like you know and yes there is the big wheel that goes behind it then and I don't know like if you're you two or <laughs> I'm sure that's a whole other ball game but mm. like actually that you two is a brilliant example I think Bono would have set off at this initially knowing it was a business you know yeah. like and the work that goes in the background and everything and yeah sure you'll have a label behind or whatever to do it but it's the same with the books so I think like yes it would be absolutely fantastic if like I don't know like one of the big massive publishers could say, oh what's your book I'm like great Jesus there's a whole load of hard work off the desk like you know but then like how much are you losing of it then it's kind of the way Ooh. I look at it like it's this is my baby here now I have full control over it but it's a business like you know so yeah and, and like in terms of like as a business uh, you know you left the Kerry group you got you set up Johnny McGorry and wrote sorry wrote the book set up the business and how how is that how how did you go about getting the right kind of supports like what was available to you I know for example you made good use of the trading online voucher scheme for example and you know you, you make good use of um, events like the uh, the showcase in every corner of Ireland there must be somebody who's completely inspired by their world their environment their upbringing they, they, I'm not saying they can replicate what you did but certainly you know if they wanted to become a publisher they wanted to become a business or they wanted to build a brand what's it like on the ground when it comes to getting the right kind of support so what, and what kind of advice would you have for anybody who's, who's starting out yeah, so my advice is consistently just put your hand up for everything and pester people like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, my first port of call was the local enterprise office here in Kildare and they were just brilliant, the Leo. So, um, but I suppose it was initially, I suppose, changing that mindset of it, it, kind of not an author with a book, it's actually, it is the business. So mm. once we get over that hurdle, I suppose, like from there on in, I literally put my hand up for everything. So like the Ireland's best young entrepreneur, IBYE type of thing, like, you know, and then from that then led to um, New Frontiers program with Enterprise Ireland. And like, the I suppose the one that there's no bursaries for New Frontiers phase one. And then I managed to get onto New Frontiers phase two then with the bursary. And then the DCU Female High Flyers Academy and Acorns Female Rural Entrepreneurs. But I know one that I've never dealt with, but I know they're out there is like leader as well, like in certain rural areas and all like, you know, but... But I think it's just 
not being afraid to hammer down doors and to ask, you know, like, and networking. That's actually, so I never networked a day in my life before I did this, but I joined Network Ireland, Mm. which is the female networking uh, group. And, you know, from there, then it was just, you know, speaking to somebody and somebody would say, oh, you know, I did this or I was chatting to this person or whatever, like, you know, and I'd be like, oh, right, okay, so... That was invaluable, actually, because I really and truly happened to breeze <laughs> to begin with. But somebody just dropped a nugget and then it's just chasing up each nugget that's dropped and asking the questions. And, and I suppose the other thing is the, um, the next, what's next for Johnny McGorry. So I know you're stocked in about 70 stocks around Ireland. The bigger picture for you guys, what, what's next? So you've written a book, you've, you've, got, you've created characters and the, sorry, the, the website and, and you know, you're, you're selling well in Ireland. But what's the international picture like? Do you think there's a, an, an, an audience for you guys to, to go global? So that's it. So I suppose that's always been the case. So there is the Irish diaspora. Like we, like the books, I suppose, are literally Ireland on a page. Like, you know, like, so we've got everything in there from your Brennan spread to all like the counties and all that kind of stuff, name checked, like in our legends and everything. So, so the diaspora has always been, I suppose, our market, you know, like, so obviously domestic at first, I mean, I kind of knew that, that we'd have to put in like a good year or two, just kind of getting here teed off and I suppose raising funds ultimately and cash, like kind of in the bank. So I'm delighted now we're actually signed up with O'Brien Press and Gill Books. So O'Brien and Gill are now our, um, well, the guys in O'Brien Press are basically our sales representation now for Ireland and UK, which takes the stockist side of the business off the desk for us here. And then Gill is the distribution for Ireland and UK, which is amazing because they obviously have all the contacts and the expertise in terms of sales. So that was a fantastic there. It only happened in the last month or two. But yeah, so the diaspora is a big thing. So we've been attending Showcase, um, say for two years now. We did it virtually this January, just gone. Um, and that really opened our eyes. I went to Boston then as well on a trade mission with the Clare Chamber of Commerce. And again, that was absolutely brilliant, I suppose, like just opening my eyes to that. So America, East Coast America, Canada, US, all that type, or sorry, Australia and everything. They're the markets that we need to be chasing down from the book's point of view now. Um, but I suppose I'm also then quite adamant that I want to keep the books as guaranteed Irish and printed in Ireland. So mm. I, I don't know, like there's a few, I suppose, it's figuring out actually, so with COVID and everything, actually, the whole the whole shipping and everything abroad, like coming up to Christmas was just a nightmare. Nothing was working correctly, you know, like, so So anyway, so I think now we're in the position where it's like, okay, we get somebody maybe on the ground in the East Coast of the US or whatever it is, like Boston and Philadelphia, the Irish places, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe working from there and stocking there or whatever, but that's, that, that is actually the big next thing, I think, for us anyway, to kind of get in there. Um, and then with the animation series as well then, so we're delighted we've received our first round of development funding from Screen Ireland to turn Johnny McGorry into the Irish Dory the Explorer, basically. So a global TV animation series. So starting to work now with Elk Studio on that and... Um, and that's 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 also the next wow. huge thing because that could that could that could be like a I mean you've seen the success of a place like Cartoon Saloon and um, Lighthouse Studios for terms of streaming so if you could get an international streaming deal that would be something else too yeah yeah no definitely so so I suppose I'm working with um, Ian from Ian Hamilton he owns Elk Studios so the two of us are kind of I suppose partnered up for this. He knows all that side of the business because I, get, I keep saying this, I haven't a breeze, but I don't generally kind of so, I have this big idea. Okay, let's make it work. So, um, so yeah, so he's looking after all that end of the thing. But our first, our first thing to do is actually create a trailer and then to write two or three scripts fully, I suppose, and then go and start pitching to all of the different streaming outlets, Nickelodeon, Disney, all that type of stuff and work from there. So... That would be absolutely fantastic. Well, listen, Emma Jane, thank you so much for your time. That was super and, and, and really uh, wish you and Johnny McGorry the best. 
Thanks a million. Thanks a million, John. 